Greetings to all people of the nations. This is After Service Life. Uh, After Service Live. Welcome. Uh, I am so excited to be back here with uh, friends of mine um, to talk about the topics we are to talk about today. My name is Lubi Olombo Ugo. I am a student here in Jaquat and I am born again. Um, I love the Lord and I will be the host as I am always. Uh, hallelujah. Um, today we'll be talking about Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 17. And before I at least give an intro to the same, I'll welcome our guests to tell us who they are and what they do. Praise, praise the Lord all. My name is Marcy Ocheng. I'm a student also at JQuart and I'm in my fourth year of study and I thank God I am born again. Hey, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm Tresha Tom Obogo, and I'm born again. I was a student here at Jomo Kenyatta. Yes, but now I'm working with World Concern as a field coordinator in Southern Sudan. Yes, and I bless the Lord for that. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Tom and Marcy, for honoring our invite uh, today. Uh, so today we'll be talking about Acts chapter 8 um we'll be measuring primarily on the Ethiopian eunuch Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch we are going to discuss about Philip who was he what did he do um how did the Lord use him and what we get to learn from him I will also talk about uh, the Ethiopian eunuch and um also get to see what we can get to learn as Christians from him and then afterwards we will talk well go over to Acts chapter 17 uh and talk about the Bereans um as it is written we learn from them also so i think the question the question we will start with today um who was philip uh in the bible who at least give us can help us understand who was he and why do we think it was significant that it was philip uh who was used of the lord at the time in acts chapter 8 uh tom you can help us start that off okay thank you so much uh i think philip he is one of the deacons that the early church early church had appointed and uh his main work was to serve the tables when apostles were sharing that was the main work of the deacons to serve the apostles to serve the tables to work behind the scenes and we find that Philip is one of them one of those people who are serving tables as a deacon yeah hmm what Um so you Philip was one of the deacons whose job was to serve tables and also food to the widows. Yes. Um but here in Acts 8 we we see him preach the word. We see him preach the word and actually people get to believe um and 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 follow him. So uh what can we learn from this uh mass? Okay, what I can say is uh, just as my brother has said that Philip was one of the deacons and was serving the tables so what i understand from this is that god can use anyone in the in his service yeah in the ministry god can use anyone so that he may show his glory and so that he may he may bring salvation even to men because you see that philip philip was used by he was sent an angel of the lord came and told him to go down to a desert yeah and there he went and met this eunuch and after all that we see that he explained 
these things the eunuch was reading and the eunuch believed and he was baptized. So we see that God can use anyone for his glory. Yeah, it just, it just depends on how, how close you are to God, how intimate you are to God. So it doesn't matter that you, you serve in which department in the church or what, but God can use you for his purpose. Just to add on that, I I also wonder why God could not call Peter or the Kina, uh, the James and others, but uh, he's calling one person who is not seen in public with these people. He's calling one person who, you know, by that time people who are revered or who are who are given honor were the apostles, were the twelve apostles now. One had died, they had added another one through casting of lots. But now God moves away from that so that people may not think only these men are them that God is using. God was showing the world and us who have come that he's using everyone. As long as you are a believer and uh, he's ready to use anyone who is a believer. Yeah, I think that's why God has chose by that time to use Philip. And I, I also think I have something to add. I also think that this, this displays the sovereignty of God. Yeah, this shows the sovereignty of God in that he can use you for his purpose. So it doesn't depend on what you know about this God. It doesn't depend on how long have you been to service. It doesn't depend on are you an apostle or, or what, but it displays his sovereignty that he can use you for his glory. I'm trying to put myself in the in 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 Philip's head. Um, so, as as you read Acts eight, you get to see that he, well, he is in a, a seemingly thriving ministry. Uh-huh. Uh, he is in a place a lot of people are, are listening to him. He is preaching, and people are believing. Um, so, but we get to see the Lord um, call him to to go into a desert, uh-huh. and then if, as you read, you get to see. We are not really told much about that road. Uh, we are not really told much what he would expect. Uh, but he got to still go. Uh, but the, Tom, Tom, you, you, you mentioned to us you you work with world concern. Um, you, 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 I'm, I'm guessing you've been in such a situation. So what, what do you think um, people need to understand or people who may be in that position where Philip was uh, at the time? Yes. Yes, thank you. When you read Acts 8, when it starts, the church was enjoying the the oneness. The church was enjoying the fellowship together. But that's not what the Lord wants as we see it, as it continues. That from Acts 1, we see that people received power and they were to be the witnesses of God in Judea, Jerusalem, and, what, and Samaria and the entire of the world. But by Acts 8, we find that the church had grown, but they were not going out. They were more of themselves. They were more of enjoying themselves in Jerusalem. That's why persecution came. And now we see, after that persecution, we see now people going out, the church going out. And that's in the next place we see Philippines in the desert. Now, I think God is showing these people, as long as I need you people to be in fellowship together, I want you people to go. And where you will go, I'm the one sending you there. Because for Philip, he, God himself is the one who took him there. Uh-huh. So that uh, I don't wake up tomorrow and send myself. Oh, yes. 
but I continue working with the Lord and he sends me and where he sends me he has an, he has an assignment uh-huh. like for that day he had an assignment with the Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch so God is sending Philip from his comfort zone in Jerusalem to a place in the desert and that's the same thing that I think God is calling us to be ready God is I when I got this call to go in South Sudan at first I was like God can I got this one I have done my course I want to pursue it here in Nairobi and get some money and enjoy life but seeing how God's mind is that he wants people to go and reach out to other people in desert in maybe in marketplace maybe in schools maybe in educational center mm-hmm. but as long as you are going to preach the gospel yeah so um well, 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 what i'm hearing is is a, a fellowship a, a seemingly thriving fellowship where a lot of people are there and there is love mm-hmm. might not exactly be a sign of a thriving ministry for a particular person where maybe the, the lord has called you to go out so that even others outside the fellowship may get to hear um so i'm trying to to to, to imagine um well the, the, when the speaker was preaching he mentioned these three problems that people might have uh people will be thinking maybe i am not the one um the lord has sent because uh philip here was actually leading was at the forefront of this revolution that is happening maybe not now at that at that particular time people are enjoying this fellowship um and and what not maybe not in the desert where the lord had sent um well he was telling philip to go uh-huh. so asimasi what what message would you tell someone who is asking him or herself these questions um he's maybe he feels like the lord is calling him to go out to to a desert of his own uh, what what message would you give to that person Okay, thank you. What I can say is uh, God always has a purpose with each and every one of us. And each and every believer we have been commissioned to go out and spread this gospel, this message of love to every creature. And it doesn't really depend on where you are serving, just as I said. It doesn't depend on who you are in this ministry, but it depends with what, what has God told you. Yeah, because God speaks to his servants through different ways. So if you have that conviction that God has sent you to a place, like here we are seeing that Philip was sent, an angel of the Lord came and directed Philip to this desert road. And if maybe Philip was in the shoes of that believer that you have said, he was like, okay, I think he was like, why me and why desert? And why now? But what I can say is, let us just depend on God. Because God can never send you in a place in vain. Each and every time God sends us to a place or yeah, sends us to meet someone, he always has a purpose with them. So it's just, it's God. Yeah, we should not be really, really vendoring so much in our thoughts, in what, why me, why now? But it is about God because even in the book of romans yeah i don't remember the chapter it says that the life we are living we are living because of god everything that we do we, we do because of god so each and every one of us has a purpose in life so if you have been sent to some place i would really say that 
let us hear God and let us heed unto what he says because he can never send us to a place in vain. He always has a purpose. And because he is all-knowing and he knows everything that he wants for, for your life. Yeah, I can say that. Anything you have to add, Tom? Yes, just to add there, I would say that the main lesson I get from Philip is obedience to God and hearing him. Because sometimes we might be thriving wherever we are, in our ministry, in church, in our work, but just listening from God and hearing what does really God wants. I, I think that's what I see, that the angel of the Lord came and said to Philip, and Philip did not only hear, but he also obeyed. Uh-huh. Because as we started, you say that he was doing miracles. He was healing the sick. And perhaps he thought, now God wants me to be here and now have a church here, continue healing people. But now that moving from your comfort zone and God is telling you now, I need you to go to another place. Uh-huh. Now, I, I believe that we as sheep, we know his voice, but many a times it's hard to obey. Now the issue is not, did really God say, has he called me to this thing? Because we know he speaks. But now the issue is, we fight with obedience. We, we are not ready to obey, to go to desert. Because I can see that Philip went down to the desert road and ran from Jerusalem. Living where he was doing things, but going down. I, when you go to the map, I think Gaza was somewhere lower. And um, now it becomes hard. It becomes hard if I connect it with Jonah. Jonah knew God is merciful, no, knew God is all-knowing, marvelous. He knew he would save those people. Now the issue is not that he never knew God or he never had God, but he disobeyed God. And uh, I think it's a call even to us. If we hear God, are we ready to obey uh-huh. where he's sending us? Uh-huh. Or we, there is where we shall say, now God, you say, let's come and reason together. Uh-huh. Will we be ready to obey and say, God, you have already said and uh, he was, we believe he's sovereign, we believe he's, he is almighty, but now to obey him becomes the problem. We believe he is, those big words we use for him. But now when he says, Luby, or he says, Tom, I want you now to go in Northern Arabia. You say, God, I know you are supreme, but here, please allow me to do like this. Yeah, now the issue is more, are we ready to obey him when we hear him? Okay, I also think... Uh, there is this place where Jesus is telling his disciples that if you obey me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you will keep my commands, I I mean. So meaning, even obedience is an act of love. So if I I have been sent to a a place and I am not ready to go, then that means that I don't love the person who has sent because it is a command I have been given. So if I am... If I have been given a command, then I ought to obey, to show love to the master. Yeah. Also, also realize that that um, well, throughout Scripture, we get to see the Lord um, continuously acting um, in a way that He wants. He's showing how He loves the nations. Uh-huh. He's sending people to the nations. Uh-huh. He wants people to to be drawn to Himself. So if we actually confess that we love him, then we need to love what he wants. We need to want what he wants. We need to be committed to his mission uh, for the nations. Uh, I think, okay, let's let's, let's go to the eunuch. Um, The speaker, uh, the speaker as he was preaching, he mentioned that the eunuch was a seeker. Um, Who who do you think is a seeker? Um, 
Tom, help us understand that. Who is a seeker? And do you think the eunuch is a seeker? Yes, I I think he's a seeker because a seeker is somebody who is looking for something. Uh-huh. When you read about this eunuch, I have I have just read it that he was a great man. He was one I think in among other eunuchs he was a he was a leader because the Bible says uh, the eunuch had gone for him he had gone to worship and he says he they have tried to describe him I can just read so yeah as for as for Philip an end of the Lord said to him go south down the desert road and run from Jerusalem to Gaza so he started out and he met a treasurer of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority uh-huh. under the Kadek the queen of Ethiopia. So I think this eunuch had a privilege than other eunuch because he he was one, he was the head and the treasurer in that. So I think by that he he was allowed to move and he went from where Ethiopia to to Jerusalem mm. to worship because the Bible is saying he had gone to worship to worship there meaning he's a person who desire to be found with other people he but now in Ethiopia highly there was no place to worship mm-hmm. now i think he's a seeker who is going somewhere to seek the lord mm-hmm. with other believers mm-hmm. as a form of worshiping mm-hmm. god yeah yeah and i also think because i am seeing he is reading a a script over here from Isaiah so i think he's a seeker because if you are seeking to know the truth you will really Look to find the manuscripts that you can use to find this truth, this truth that you want to to get. Yeah, so I'm seeing him reading this scripture, even though he is not understanding what the scripture is saying, but he he just he's just reading it to to know the truth. And now also the point whereby he is asking Philip to tell him what about what what is it that is written in this script? What is it that you understand about this thing? I think that also makes him to be a seeker. He really wants to know. Yeah. I think something else that 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 is noted is his immediate response to concerning baptism. Yeah, sure. Uh, he sees a pool of water and he says, "Why? What prevents me from?" Mm being baptized right now it also shows that the lord has been had been working in his heart uh, even before um they get to meet so well knowing this what is a believer to learn from this um is there any lesson you see um that that that, that i as a believer who is listening to this podcast can learn from this and act on it okay as a believer, I can say that as believers in this kingdom, we have been given a task to go out and spread the gospel of love. And also, if you hear, if the Spirit of God tells you, if the Spirit of God sends you to a place or sends you to someone, then means that God has a purpose with that person or that place that he has sent you to. So as a believer, we should always heed unto this, the words of God, and we should always be ready to obey these words of God. And also another thing is that each and every person that we meet, there is something that might be happening in their life that, pre- that is preparing them for the gospel that you are bringing unto them. Yeah, that even as you are going to reach out unto people, this person, God, God first has reached out unto them, and something is 
working in them in that if you tell them this word of God, then the spirit of God is there to convict them. So every person that we have been sent to, then God has a purpose for their lives. Yeah, that is what I can tell a believer. Yes, I can also add that uh, just as this man, Yunak, whom we have seen here, he he was reading the Bible, he was seeking the Lord. When you study about who eunuchs are, you like, we don't know if he was a slave eunuch or a eunuch by choice, but we know they were not in their best position. They were not people who are regarded as the citizens of that region. Now, with that, just as he has said, maybe we have he was going through many things. We don't know if he was he was a slave. And now he was taken to serve as a eunuch. Now this shows us that whoever we meet or wherever we are with anyone, we don't know who they are, we don't know where they come from, we don't know what they are going through, but ours, we have been called to share the gospel with them. We have been called. Perhaps we have somebody where you are, near you, who has grown up reading the Bible. The mother has been teaching her to read the Bible, but has never explained to her what it means. It's our duty now. Maybe your classmate, maybe your workmate, it's your personal duty. Perhaps that person has been praying. Every day he prays for food, but he does not understand that prayer. It, we are called to go and explain to them. We are called to go and talk to them, teach them why we believe this thing, explain to them, just like this is Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch, what the Bible really means. Perhaps they are just reading because it's their one of their books that they should read. But we can explain to them. Now we pick it as our responsibility. So here we can see the sovereignty of God even in those whom he is calling to, to himself. Even for those people who have not yet heard and believed. Mm. That it is the Lord who draws them to himself. And mm. our role is to obey the Lord in going mm. and, and sharing the word. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I think as we transit to the next sermon... Um, Till we get to see the Ethiopian eunuch uh, is reading Isaiah uh, for himself, um, which brings us to Acts 17 and the Bereans. Um, so, um, must he help us understand who are the Bereans? What was happening that time, that particular portion of scripture? Please help us give us a background story. Yeah, okay. This we are finding in the book of Acts 17 just as you said from verse 10, and we are seeing that Paul and Silas were, they went to Berea to preach this gospel to those people, and when they reached there, they found that these Bereans were of noble character than the, Thessalon- the people from Thessalonia. Yeah, this is because they were receiving this message of Paul with great eagerness, and also they, they used to examine the scripture to check if whatever Paul is saying is true, or whatever he is saying if it is either true or if it is not true. Yeah, so they used to examine the scriptures to see if these things, they can be followed or not. And we get to find out that after they examined the scriptures and they saw that whatever Paul and Silas were saying were true, they followed Christ. And we are also seeing that in verse 12, it says that many of the Jews believed and did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. So many of them believed yeah, so it doesn't just end in Paul preaching to them. It was like Paul was preaching to them and they used to go back and to examine whatever Paul was saying. 
So is this important, Tom? Is it something we ought to emulate? Yes, it is extremely important. But now the privilege that we have, that Berean didn't have, they mm-hmm. never had the Bibles. Now for me as Tom or as a Christian, I will not wait to listen so that I come and search it. But I am daily reading my Bible. I will daily perhaps pass in that scripture that that pastor will preach so that even before I go and check, I might know a false teacher or a false person who has preached a lie mm. because I have been studying that chapter. I have been studying that book. Mm. Now, I think that's an advantage that Berean didn't have. They were having scrolls. Now you go to the temple once to look at it. Uh, after your busy work, you're going to look at it. But for us, we can build a culture whereby I'm not waiting for a speaker to preach so that I'm going to check, but I'm growing in the word of God, in reading it, so that any lie that is said, I will know. But again, after every speaker, that which I don't understand, I will go and read it more and more to get what really the Bible says. Hmm. So it's very important, okay. not only, but not only to wait after speaking when you are going to check, but making it your culture of reading and meditating upon the word of God. So we know the word of God. Yes. So, so how can we um, imitate um, the Bereans? Um, well, in addition to spending time and discipline learning the word, how can we imitate uh, the Bereans, as you've mentioned, what we have not understood, but not be people who just sniff for false teachings, mm-hmm. uh, sniffers of false uh, doctrine? Okay, what I can say is, just as Tom has said, that as we have an advantage, we have the word, and you can read through the word. Yeah, so what I can say is, let us read the Bible so that we may know the truth. For someone to come with a counterfeit word, there is somewhere he, he got the, the truth, and then they, they twisted it a bit, and then they came up with a false. So for me to know that, to not to be a sniffer for whatever, everything that someone is saying, for someone that I listen, I go there with the truth that I know from the word because it is the word of God that has got all truth. It is not from the preachers or even, yeah, it is not from preachers or even prophets that they have the truth. The truth is in the word of God. So I would encourage believers to always keep on reading the word of God so that you may have the truth in you, so that even as you are, Hearing that that gospel, that preaching, you still have the truth in you. And for a preaching that you have heard and you you have seen that there there is a bit of maybe heresy, okay, what I can advise is, what I can advise is, okay, apart from, okay, let me think about it. <laughs> let me compose myself. <laughs> Yes, yes. One of the dangers that I have seen is that uh, majorly young Christians who who have been in higher level of education or their intellect or they have they it's when now they are knowing the doctrines in the Bible. Sometimes I think we are so naive that uh, even when we go to someone we are not going to hear from God. Uh-huh. We, are, we have not prepared our hearts that God, I'm coming here, that I want to meet you. But we are here, we want just to hear 
and one lie or a false thing so that we come and start discussing how this person is a false teacher or uh, is a false prophet but i i think one thing i should check my heart i should check my standing with god i should check my attitude so that even in these things to do with doctrine and what i not only put them in my mind but i transform them to my heart that daily my desire is to please god and walk in him and now when i hear any heresy and i have gone to the scripture i have known that that th- that thing is a lie one before saying that person is a false teacher i believe a christian should ask himself how can i help this man where can i help this man to understand the truth rather than how can i shame this man because many of us we are more of shaming we want to show that we know the entire doctrine by ourselves but i believe as a christian so we young upcoming christians i and i hear a a heresy from a mature old person i should first sit with that person want to understand what really did you mean when you are saying this what was your understanding on this then i also share with him we search together in the bible if i have that privilege if i don't have that privilege the best i can do is to pray for them to pray for them but for the for them that are false and everyone knows it's a false we want people against them but for them that maybe sometime it's something that they have believed on since they were children they walk with the lord they pray they are not false but they have falsehood in them that somebody perhaps somebody placed in their life so i will not be very quick to condemn that person but as a christian because the body of christ is fighting amongst themselves uh-huh. is we are fighting against such another person because he calls himself maybe apostle or what but i come and sit with this person and decide how can i explain what really the bible says on what he said then we reason together we don't become like pharisees or god's prefects who are ready to whistle and say heresy but we want to sit with that person and share with them from what really the bible says and perhaps we may save many than condemning them and chasing them away but if you can't meet them the best i can do is to pray for them so okay, okay. <laughs> sorry okay another thing i think also it depends with your motive yeah what i can tell christians and believers is that when you are going to listen to a sermon what is what is your motive yeah what has brought you to that place are you are you there to check for mistakes that you can correct or are you there to get the word of god from these people so it depends on the motive of of your motive when you are going to that 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 service okay um from from what tom you've just said do we see an example in in scripture where um that has happened where you you try to reason with them or show them the way after um the someone has been given yes we have seen it in the scripture from the story of who was she and the family uh, i think we may, uh, and priscilla priscilla and aquila, yeah, aquila. Yeah. yeah priscilla and aquila they had a man pre- the bible say he, pre- he was preaching boldly mm-hmm. before in the synagogue but what he preached Priscilla and Aquila saw and said ah 
this thing I don't think is what the Bible really means. Mm-hmm. We see them inviting him to the house. Mm-hmm. They ate with them as they explained the Bible to them. Mm-hmm. Rather than ready to point finger and say, you are false, let us invite them. Mm-hmm. Talk with them, eat with them, mm-hmm. explain to them what really the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Perhaps sometime we have killed dreams of men that God will have used because we declare them heretic, we declare them rather than bringing them and explaining to them what really the Bible says about things. I think Aquila and Priscilla, we should imitate them more so we as young Christians. So we imitate Bereans in going to confirm uh, yes. in addition to disciplining, of creating that discipline of studying the word. Yes. But also when we, we find someone who does not teach correct uh, scripture and we can get to them, we, we help them understand better. Uh, for the glory of the Lord. Yeah. I have one more question um, about then why do we go to church? Is there, uh, if, if I am supposed to create that discipline of reading the word uh, by myself, isn't that enough? Why should I still go and listen um, to someone preach um, the word? Marcy? Okay. Uh, I think that our going to church, we cannot say that if you can just read the word in your place, then that alone matters, like that alone is enough. But I think going to church is, is a fellowship, yeah, it's, it's a fellowship. And while we are, fellowship, we are fellowshipping with others, we also get to meet people who are at different levels of graces where we are in. And you find out also people have got different understanding of the scripture. So whatever I have read in my place, if I don't go and maybe do a Bible study or maybe hear from the preachers or maybe hear from some other people, then I will just be confined confined to my understanding of whatever I read. But going to meet these other believers then gets me to understand even better the word of God. Yeah, and because... God uses people for God uses people even to to give us that understanding that we are praying for. Yeah, so I will advise people to be going to church. It is fellowship, and also the Word of God has told us that we should not forsake the fellowship of brethren. Yeah, and this is fellowship still going to church and listen the listen from the men of God is fellowship, and we get to understand different different dimensions of what this scripture was saying. Yeah, that is what I can say. Yes, yes, that's that's it. Why we need fellowship? Yeah, because I am that God has given Christians uh-huh. what He has shown us in the Bible is one prayer, Bible reading, uh-huh. fellowship, and nowadays I add evangelism uh-huh. as one way that God has given us to keep us alert in our walk with Him and in our devotion with Him. So a person who neglects fellowship. In the name that I am a Berean church, so I can just read and understand the scriptures, I can search them myself, you will find he, he or she might not grow holistically. He, he might be less a Kwashako believer who is growing one-sided, but uh, whereby in church we are going to meet needs of other believers. We are going to, to support other believers. We are going to encourage because we have some people whom at their houses, they are too weak and they are too low. Uh-huh. Now coming to church, finding other believers, we sharpen one another and we build fellowship uh-huh. in there. 
as long as you are reading your Bible, you are praying by yourself, you need to grow in a fellowship so that the devil may not devour you when you are alone. It's like uh, this analogy that I use when somebody is cooking from the village, they use what we call mekos. And uh, you find that we don't use one, one firewood, but we have many firewoods so that they produce that heat. One firewood can produce the heat, but it won't cook well. But we put together many firewood, a lot of firewood, so that we have a burning heat. I think that's why we go to church. To be together and have that heat together as we search the scriptures together. I think also it it um, God was wise in his uh, ordaining of the gift of preaching mm-hmm. as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is also essential in, in, in the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, as we come to a close, uh, I'd like to ask us to give a parting shot um, to our listeners. What do you think um, is important for them to know concerning uh, being a Berean and also Acts 8 uh, what stood out most for you that you think people ought to understand uh, we can start with Tom and then okay what I'll say is the issue is not about do God really speak but the issue is when he speaks are you ready to obey as, a, as, the, as, as Philip did he obeyed and he left his comfort zone. Are you ready? Daily you pray that God speak, God show me your way. If he speaks, are you ready to obey that and be faithful that he is gracious and he's leading you where he wants you to be rather than where you want to be. Trust in this God and walk with him. Thank you. Yeah, also, I can say that for every place that God sends you, for every person that God sends you to, God has a purpose with, the, with that person. And his sovereignty always wins. Yeah, it doesn't depend on what you are feeling right at, at, the, at that time that God has called you. It doesn't depend on where you are going, but it is his sovereignty. And your obedience is what God wants. And this shows that you love him. And this shows that you also love his creatures. And also for the Bereans, I would advise, advise us as believers that let us read the scripture so that we may have the truth that we may know this truth, even if we are listening to, to preachers, listening to other people speaking, then you have a truth that you know. There is a ba- basic knowledge that you have for yourself. Yeah, so let us read the scriptures, examine them, and let us test every spirit. Yeah, the Bible is telling us that we should test every spirit, that we should not be following each and every spirit that that comes our way, but we should test and know that to test and see if it is a spirit from God, if it, it is a true spirit or if it is a, a false spirit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mine is obedience. Obedience to, to the word of God. Um, that means when, we are, when the Lord says that we go to, to a road heading to Gaza and leave a miracle-working church uh, behind, it means we obey. And we go, uh, trusting that he will providentially uh, make his will, uh, which is good and perfect, to come to pass. Um, and that means also we also have to understand what he says in his word so that we obey. That we don't end up obeying what other people um, would say 
and that is not what the scripture says. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for listening. We have come to the end of the show. Thank you for the guests for accepting to be used of the Lord today. Um, let's keep this conversation going. Uh, wherever you are listening or watching us from, uh, that is if it is YouTube or the podcast platform that you're using, let us keep the conversation going. You can follow us also on social media. Uh, it will be posted in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much once again. This is After Service Live. See you next time.